The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is How Good Are LED Lights? Lights that uh, we call LEDs today. On today's show, we will be talking about the LED light bulb. In recent years, there's been a movement away from incandescent uh, incandescent lights towards the LED bulbs. LEDs are, or light-emitting diodes are a type of bulb that has been around for years, but hasn't necessarily been used for lighting until recently. However, they are something of an improvement on the original bulb design itself. Light-emitting diodes, LEDs, are made from crystals that uh, may contain materials such as phosphors in order to produce a distinct color. Overlapping colors, particularly the primary colors of red, blue, and green, produce the white light. My guest today, Ethan Beery, and I are going to have a uh, somewhat lively discussion. I I know how to get uh, Ethan going here, so we're going to have a lively discussion Regarding the LED bulb, uh, the standards that go with those and how they may affect you and uh, your family. We also have the uh, phone lines open today, so by all means, uh, jot this number down, 866-472-5787. That's the call-in number if you have any questions for Ethan or myself. Again, that's 866-472-5787. Our show is only possible because we have sponsors. Two of those sponsors we call our platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Business and Quality uh, Process Management specializes in helping companies set up and put in place their quality management, their business management systems. Uh, They provide uh, the consulting services training and software tools. You can find them at www.bqpm.com. Our other platinum sponsor is the the group called Secure Components, LLC. Secure Components is a uh, distributor of uh, hard-to-find and obsolete components. When you need or have need of an obsolete or a hard-to-find component, you want the folks at Secure Components on your side. 
They were the first company in the world to achieve the anti-counterfeit certification or the anti-counterfeit detection mitigation certification through the international group called the IECQ. You can find Secure Components at www.securecomponents.com. And our bronze sponsors, we have three of those. C-Trends, a supply chain specialist, another group that helps companies find and, uh, and supports them with components and parts and products that they need. You can find them at www.ctrends.com. Concord Components, another distributor. Uh, ConcordComponents.com. And our wonderful friends down in Australia, the Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference Group. Uh, agingaircraft.com.au, and that's aging with an E. That's a group of folks that specialize in helping industry, and particularly the military and uh, avionics industries, uh, look at and maintain their their equipment to ensure safety of the folks that either rely on that equipment for uh, the various military reasons or those of us that fly around the world and rely on those airplanes for staying up in the air. Well, let's see. Our show today, as I said, is uh, how could, uh, how good, rather, are LED lights? My guest is Ethan Berry. Ethan uh, comes to us from uh, a small group, and, and I say that kiddingly, um, let me let me just kind of see if I can do a little justice to this, Ethan. Give me a give me a chance, and then you can help me fix it. Sure, no Ethan, problem. Okay, Ethan is an LED engineering leader at Lutron Electronics. Uh, while his er- early career was spent developing dimming systems, and I don't mean that in a negative way, for large scale <laughs> commercial projects. Uh, the last five years have been spent focused on LED technology, especially in the area of testing and improving dimming capability. In, the, in this role, he has uh, worked with uh, technology, I'm sorry, worked with colleagues from all levels of industry, from chip, chip set vendors to lamp and fixture manufacturers in order to improve compatibility between dimmers. The dimmer switches, uh, I think, is a is a proper way to say that, and LED yep. light sources. His resume goes on for a long ways. I mm-hmm. will say that I, I met Ethan in the international community related to standards. He's, uh, he's a gentleman that I've learned to really appreciate and enjoy working with, and I'll stop here and uh, welcome Ethan to the show. Ethan, Well, thank welcome. you very much, Stan. I, I appreciate the, the, the kind introduction, and I look forward to speaking with you today and, and some of your listeners with uh, regarding how the industry is, is managing this transition to LED lighting and, and what it means for consumers in both negative and positive ways. I mean, there's a lot of good that can come out of this, and there's a lot of things people should be aware of, like with any technology transition. So I look forward to, to talking about that today. Well, I, I do appreciate you being on the show. I I welcome you back. Actually, you were on the show uh, once in the past here, and That's right. uh, had a great time with you at that on that show. That had to do just quickly with the um, help me out here. The, it was the with young, the um, the IEC Young Professionals Program, right? And, that was um, 
Yeah, and getting more young people involved in the world of standardization within the, the U.S. And, and, and within the world of the IEC. Now, for the listening audience, rather, um, Ethan sounds a bit young, but let me tell you, he's not really. He's just an old guy that <laughs> pretends Old guy to be. with new tricks, right? There you go. Uh, like I said, we will have fun today. Um, well, you've been in the industry for a while. Yeah, I, I've been in the lighting industry for about 15 years. It's my career at Lutron here, and it's been fun the whole time, but it's really been especially interesting these last couple of years watching the industry, um, both kind of from the professional side where I am, as well as what consumers have to go through as it's managing this change over to a new light source that hasn't had to happen in the last 100 years. Well, let, let's start by talking about this in general a little bit, um, about the LED light bulb, and wh- what are they really, and why should we care about them? So, LED light bulbs, or LED light sources in general, and people are, of course, most familiar with the light bulb shape, are, it's a light source that creates light through semiconductors, you know, the same stuff that runs inside your computers and cell phones and things like that. Um, instead of what's called incandescence, which is essentially how light used to be done, the incandescent light bulb. And what incandescence is, is you put energy into something to get it really hot, and when it's hot enough, it glows. So that's what incandescent light bulbs did. They were very hot, therefore they glowed, and that's how they made light. With and, when, LEDs, and, when you, and when you made a mistake and grabbed a hold of it the wrong way, you glowed right along with it, right? <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, they... <laughs> The, the surface of a standard light bulb, standard household light bulb, is several hundred degrees. It's, you know, it's, anybody that's touched one knows it gets really, really hot really, really yes. fast. Yes. I interrupted you. Sorry about that. Oh, that, that's okay. So, so what makes LEDs a new light source is not only, of course, it's created through a, a semiconductor process to, to create light instead of just heat, but the magic of that is it's so much more efficient you, you, the amount of heat created is a fraction of the amount of heat created through an incandescent process. Uh, so it's, that's one of their major points to begin with. And that, that immediately translates to lower cost. Because exactly. Because you're not using as much electricity. Yeah, le- less heat, higher efficiency means less energy and lower cost. And now I have the fun of going to my favorite hardware store and seeing rack after rack of all kinds of things called LEDs, and I have no clue what to do. Yeah, that's kind of the, the, the you know, every good technological leap forward brings along some baggage. You know, it's, I don't necessarily want to call it downside, but some, some baggage that comes along with this new technology. And it, in the past, when you went out shopping for light bulbs, you know, you, if you were like most consumers, you walked in there with your burned-out light bulb and you tried to find one that was the same shape and had the same numbers on the top. You know, That's it, it. It looked like a light bulb. It said 100 watts on the top. I need one that looks and, and acts the same. I don't care what company's name on it. Maybe I have a brand preference or whatever, but they're all going to work the same. Right. They're going to give you the same light. They're going to work the same on whatever dimming equipment or switching equipment you have at home, if you've got a dimmer or don't have a dimmer, you didn't have to think about it. You, know, you probably end up shopping by price. Which one can I get the cheapest, right? 
That's that's the way to do it. I don't have to think, and all I need is the least expensive approach. I'm in good shape now. Exactly. So, unfortunately, LEDs are not that simple. I mean, they're all going to save you energy. That's pretty much a given. They're all going to make a good amount of light, you know. But are they going to make the exact same amount of light as your other one? Are they going to do it with the same, what's called a beam pattern? Are they going to spread it out the same way? Or there's going to be more light at the top than the bottom, which is going to look weird in a table lamp? Um, early LED light bulbs were sometimes called snow cones because all the light came out the top half. You know, think of like the ice on top of the right. snow cone. And not much came out the bottom. And so you put that at table lamp, the ceiling's bright, and the table's dim. Now, I do remember that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So things have gotten better since then. But there are, are, there's a much, much wider variety of products out there that give much wider amount of performance. They, the kind of spectrum of price is much broader. And really what it comes down to is consumers that are now shopping for these LED light bulbs don't even know that they have these decisions to make in front of them. You know, shopping by price and just trying to match numbers is not going to necessarily make you happy anymore. I, I've noticed that. I, I started out buying some that I, I really wanted to reduce my footprint, my carbon footprint. I wanted to reduce my use of electricity. I won't admit to how much I really use because of what we have. But anyway, I wanted to reduce, <laughs> reduce the cost. Mm-hmm. So first I went to the, this thing called the CFL. Uh, yep. That was our first step. We got rid of the incandescent. We went to the the uh, small screw-in, uh, I guess CFL, another word for that is um, the mercury uh, neon lights. Basically. Yeah, well, not quite neon, but you're right. It, the CFLs are compact fluorescent lamps, or the kind of some people call them the squiggly lights because, like, right. the little twisted tube, uh, and they do have a very small amount of mercury in them. But yes, they, they, those save energy and have been a good stopgap measure over the last several years. And I'm and sure many, many people have them. In fact, there's hundreds of millions of them still sold today. Yes, and you turn them on and you wait. A few minutes, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. longer, for them to get to the brightness. So, people like myself that can't see in the dark to begin with <laughs> slowly transition to real light. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that the industry I think executed on poorly. There was a lot of uh, products that entered the marketplace, these CFL products that had limitations. Some were intrinsic limitations to the technology, like you mentioned, kind of the warm up. Um, it's especially bad when they're cold. They, they, they take a long time to kind of reach their operating temperature and work properly. But there was also a lot of problems out there with inferior products. You know, it doesn't take any research on the Internet to find reviews of compact fluorescent lamps where people said, hey, I bought this, and it, it stopped working in less time than the incandescent bulb it replaced. I paid more for it. Yeah, I think I saved energy with it, but I had to replace it just as often, if not more often. Um, And they were supposed to last several times, you know, five or even ten times longer in some cases, and they they didn't because there was a lot of poor quality products out there. And there's even some kind of extreme cases of products that, I'll say, failed in a non-benign manner. 
You know, some people show kind of like blackened casings or um, discoloration on the, the CFL lamp, the base especially, and the plastics darkened a little bit because it was too hot. Um, that caused a lot of concern, of course, as well. So the, there's, that really gave the technology a black eye for a long time. Uh-huh. People pushed back on them. Even though they saved energy, they didn't want to give up their nice incandescent lamps. Well, I, I know that we, we did that. We, we put the CFLs in a lot of places, but we also had incandescents in a few places for some of those very reasons. Yeah. So if, if we started out, well, not if, we started out with the incandescent, we moved to the CFL, and then we got these very expensive things called LED. Yep. I got to I got to burn up a few by putting dimmer put them putting them in places I had dimmers before I actually learned that uh, you couldn't dim all LEDs, which mm. initially started out as a surprise. Yeah, yeah. So, so as the technology started to to come into existence, I mean, really, the LEDs were only broadly available starting about five years ago or so, and as you said, they started out very expensive. You know, we're talking. Thirty to fifty dollars a bulb, mm-hmm. you yep. know, ten, you know, ten to twenty times what you paid for the old bulb, and you know, as I described before, their light wasn't as good as an incandescent. Maybe it didn't spread out the same way. And right. as you just pointed out, many of the initial bulbs were not dimmable, so you're paying this huge premium for a product that, yeah, it'll save you energy, but you have to give up all these other factors that may have been important to you. And maybe the color of the light wasn't the same. I mean, a lot of people complained early on with, with LEDs and even CFLs. They made people look icky. You know, they were very bluish. <laughs> they didn't have the nice warm glow that people liked out of incandescent lamps. You know, that, wasn't, that wasn't quite the, uh, the term that I've heard used by some others, but uh, it does work on the radio. <laughs> uh, the icky one. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ethan, we need to take a short radio station identification break and we'll be right back. Okay. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Does your company support U.S. government contracts? What have you done since May of 2014 to comply with the Department of Defense's DFARS requirements? These rules have changed the way all members of the supply chain procure electronic components and conduct business. Failure to comply can subject your organization to unquantifiable legal and financial liability. Visit SecureComponents.com to learn how the first AS6081 certified company leverages this new standard to support your need for obsolete electronics. AOG, line down, current supplier cannot deliver? Then call Secure Components. We specialize in sourcing hard-to-find and highly allocated electronic components, hardware, and military aerospace parts. 
We can locate and test your items to ensure you're getting authentic parts every time, and we can deliver when you need them. Our supply chain management consists of decades of experience and works with trusted sources to locate your products when you need them most. Go to securecomponents.com and tell us what you need today. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets. Challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salot. Our show today, we're talking about how good are LED lights. My guest, uh, Ethan Berry, and I are talking about the transition, if you will, from incandescent to LED light bulbs and how in the recent years uh, there's been a, a movement away from the incandescent towards the LED. And I, that, that's happily um, driven, I guess, by the desire to reduce the use of electricity to uh, establish a greener footprint, if you will, reduce the carbon emissions, all the things along with the advancements of technology, obviously. Yep. Uh, and um, I'm going to welcome Ethan back in here. Ethan is with Lutron. Uh, help me out. I'm Lutron. Electronics. Electronics. I wanted yep. to say light bulbs. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> we do not make light bulbs. We make lighting control systems and energy-saving dimmers. Okay. So, Ethan, welcome back. Thank you, Stan. 
Now, let's see. Before, let's see. As we were moving away for the station identification, I was kibitzing about the word icky uh, <laughs> and, and how those lights made some of us feel when we got in front of them. Yeah. Um, so, why don't we pick up there and uh, kind of move forward and uh, talk a little bit, if we could, about the standards that manufacturers must meet for for these new LED uh, bulbs, sure. or, or are there any standards for them? Well, yeah. So, so I, an interesting, I mean, an interesting transition from that topic is these products came out to the market. They didn't work as well as people like them to, and the industry, as well as the government through the U.S. Department of Energy, was kind of concerned this was going to start to get uh, pushed back like CFL technology was, and people were going to start rejecting this as well. So the industry quickly kind of banded together and started to develop standards uh, around these new LED products to ensure that customers would embrace the technology and not be turned off by you know, inferior products or products that didn't meet their expectations. So, you know, there's, like all industries, there's an entire alphabet soup of various standards that have come into being over the last few years. Kind of, some of them, I'll say, are behind the scenes, you know, that manufacturers use internally to do things like predict a product's lifetime and to uh, standardize how certain uh, light measurements are taken. For example, beam angle, how how the light spreads out from the bulb. Uh, A metric called color temperature, which is kind of how warmish and reddish versus coolish and bluish the light appears. Um, There's another one that measures something called CRI, which is kind of that uh, that icky factor. CRI stands for color rendering index, which is how accurately that light represents colors. Again, incandescent bulbs had a the highest possible CRI. Everything was accurate. LEDs are generally less um, and can vary. But the method of standardizing, using standards to standardize on how those measurements are taken, how they're reported, um, really helped the industry kind of uh, make it consistent and give customers an, an expectation of performance. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, and of course, testing and standards aren't any good unless you tell the user what that means. So one of the more obvious things that consumers will find on LED products is something called the lighting facts label. Uh, this is actually maintained by uh, Department of Energy and the Federal Trade Commission had a hand in, in presenting this as well. And it's kind of just like the nutrition facts label on your food, you know, mandated by the government and provides essential information on the product, it, it will explain things like um, how much light the, the bulb puts out, how much energy it takes, how, much, how the color looks. Um, so customers can compare apples to apples there on the shelf. They'll have the information. There's standard ways of measuring, standard ways of reporting it, so customers can make informed decisions about the product. I noticed another thing in in uh, recent shopping, actually, and this was literally just a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I were at the store shopping and looking for one reason or another. We were looking at lights again. Okay. And I realized that we're no longer talking about uh, a 60-watt or a 75-watt or a 100-watt light bulb. We're now talking about the term lumens. Yes. 
Can you share with the audience a little bit about lumens? That might be an interesting. And yeah, is I mean, that standard? Again, a, is that a standard? Yeah, there, that's a great point. I mean, people are used to, or were used to, shopping with watts. You know, I walk in there with my forty watt bulb. I buy another forty watt bulb, and really, watts is a measure of how much energy the bulb used. And just the way incandescents were, every 40-watt bulb put out the same amount of light. With LEDs being more efficient, the amount of wattage can vary for the same amount of power. So what that means is really what you want as a, as a user in a space, you want a certain amount of light. You know, you don't really, you're not buying amount of energy you're right. buying an amount of light. So the measure of light is called lumens. That's, that's the, the scientific measurement of a total amount of light something puts out. So now when you go into a store, you'll see things like 800 lumen lamps or 1,000 lumens or 1,100 lumens. Those refer to things like you know, 60 watt, 75 watt, 100 watt light bulb equivalents in the old incandescent world. With LED bulbs, though, those true wattages might be more like 8 to 10 to 20 watts. So as a consumer now, you have to think, instead of thinking about watts, like, hey, I want to replace my 100-watt bulb, you you need to start thinking about, hey, I need something else that's going to make the 1,200 lumens that my old bulb used to. Maybe it'll take 20 watts. Maybe it'll take 18 watts. doesn't really matter. I want 1,200 lumens. And again, so this is this is a standard. Yes. So there, there's standard, there's industry standard ways of that manufacturers must follow, and this is this is done using independent test labs. They must follow to measure the amount of lumens their device produces. Um, you know, scientific instruments and things like that that are used to make these measures, and then the government mandates that hey, you have to put this number on your package so a customer knows how many lumens are going to get, and it's backed up by a third-party test lab. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but a, a, a question pops into my mind that's not something you and I talked about at all, but lumens, watts, and foot candles. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with the, the yeah. candle power measurement yeah. and how that might translate to this? Yes. So, so as I mentioned Watts is a measurement of power, instantaneous power. You know, a hairdryer takes 1,500 watts. A toaster oven takes 1,000 watts. You know, your TV might take 50 or 60 watts, depending on how big and whatever. So all those things together, you know, take watts. doesn't matter what it does with the watts. Okay. Lumens is a measurement of light. You know, again, doesn't matter how much, how that light is created, a candle puts out a certain amount of lumens. A, you know, an incandescent light bulb puts out lumens. An LED light bulb puts out lumens. Headlights, flashlights put out lumens. Um, and then the measurement of foot candle you mentioned is the amount of light on a surface. So if you think of lumens as capturing all the light coming out of a source, you know, a light bulb kind of shines on all directions. Foot candles is how much of that light is falling on a particular area of a surface. So if you were to have a light above your head, it puts out a certain number of lumens at the ceiling. But what you care about then is how much light is on the table I'm reading um, or my desk. That's measured in foot candles. 
you know, the foot candle measurement being how much light one candle puts onto a surface a foot away. And you can think of the further away you get from that source, the lower amount of foot candles you're going to have. Interesting. I, I raised that question because um, here recently in San Francisco, they built a new bridge. It's called the Bay Bridge, which yes. goes between Oakland and San Francisco. Wonderful new project, yes. And it utilized all, as I recall or as I understand, they used LED lights to light the entire bridge up. That's correct. And it it's tremendously brighter than it used to be. Mm-hmm. They claim it takes a lot less power to manage that. To, yes. to actually light up the bridge, um, so I guess where where I'm going with this is is it fair to say that uh, this is not your father's light bulb? <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely is, um, and it, that's a good thing. Okay. I mean, not that you know that bridge is a is a great example. They switched from a previous lighting technology. Probably wasn't incandescent. It was some sort of uh, like sodium vapor or, or some other kind of outdoor type technology to LEDs. Right there, saved energy. But what was neat about LEDs and what, what's one of their powerful elements is their, the, the the way you can control the light that's created is a lot easier and gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, so in that case, that bridge they have used fixtures that are basically like, think of it like mini spotlights all over the bridge that just illuminate a very particular area. And when combined, it makes a nice even sheet of light. But that minimizes light that spills up into the air, you know, light pollution. So you're getting more light where you need it. That light is created more efficiently, and you're getting less light where you don't want it up in the air. So you get more brightness, which is the foot candles, with less lumens, and less wattage. So more pinpointed. So we're not, we're not guiding the way for the airplanes anymore that are landing at San Francisco with that bridge is what you're telling me. Yeah, if you, if you would fly above that, the bridge lights would look darker. Like you probably wouldn't see those bright pinpoints of light, but you'd see a, a ribbon of light, which is just the road surface, which is really where you want it. And that's exactly what you do see when you fly over it. I've, I fly over it often, and uh, consequently, I, I didn't realize that that's, you know, it's it, coming from technology myself. I know this, but I don't know that I know this, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a few pieces to, to fill in the blanks and put it all together. Yes. Okay, so like many new technologies, these these do come with a premium price tag. And I I started to mention earlier in my travels, because I travel a fair bit and a lot of it's to Asia, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of the manufacturing for these things started. Um, I was bringing home light bulbs, LED lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things were happening. One is, yes, I was getting a little better price because I was buying them right there. Uh, and I guess it was actually three pieces, uh, a little better price than what we had here, but it was still very high. Mm-hmm. Two, I was buying them in places that were typically 220 volt instead of 110. Interesting. Uh, so, and I didn't even pay attention to that, but they seemed to work fine. Okay. And and then the uh, the the third one was, was the one that was real disappointing because I plugged them into sockets that I had dimmers on, and they didn't last very long. 
That, yeah, if they worked at all. If they worked at all, and, and yeah, and you're 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 lucky. I mean, that. I, no offense, Dan. I wouldn't recommend any of your readers do what you did, or one of your, any of your listeners do what you did. Yeah, but yes, I I agree with you a hundred percent. Don't do this at home, folks. <laughs> Kids, don't try this at home. Um, well, and a couple reasons. I mean, one, you know, as, as I'm sure you're well aware, bringing product in outside the country, not, not only is it kind of you know you don't know what voltages and currents and stuff are they were designed for, but the safety standards are certainly very different. I mean, all products essentially sold broadly in the U.S. are tested by one of the nationally recognized testing labs, such as UL. Um, Intertech is another one that does it. UL is probably the better-known consumer brand. They have to meet certain safety standards. There's a whole set of safety standards that apply just to LED lighting, you know, regarding temperatures and currents and voltages and all this stuff, um, which certainly would not apply if you just find some random bulb off the street in, in Asia someplace. Um, and sometimes I've seen cases where they make their way to the U.S. and they don't have a safety mark on them or they have an unknown safety mark. And, and I, I, I would steer clear of those in, in, you know, in my house. I agree with you 100%. And like we just said to the listening audience, don't try this at home. <laughs> Leave it to the trained professionals, right? <laughs> right. There you go. Um, but then is it kind of the dimmability is another question, and, and many consumers today have dimmers in their houses, and it's, it's a growing trend. I mean, dimmers have been around for 50 years. We know because you know, our founder invented the first one you know, in, in the 60s, and it's really grown over the years in terms of consumer awareness for a variety of reasons, one being you know, desire to save energy, one being kind of... Uh, heightened awareness, and there's a lot of kind of electrical codes and energy codes that are mandating use of dimmers, especially in California. They're kind of a very strong trendsetter in this market. Right. Um, but LED lamps, when they first came out, dimmability was not on their feature list. Um, that, that took extra time and effort and sometimes cost on the part of the LED bulb manufacturer, and that often got dropped off the list, especially when they're worried about, you know, my bulb costs $50, I'm not going to add another dollar to it. But over the years, fortunately, both the price of lamps has come down. I mean, it's not too difficult today to buy an LED lamp, you know, in the sub-10 or even sub-$5 range in a big box retailer. That's going to give you good quality. Um, But it's also very, very common. In fact, the vast majority of LED light bulbs available to consumers today are dimmable. Uh, and it, it says it on the package, uh, often in a conspicuous manner, so you can see it right in the front. It's not hidden. The, one of the problems with the first generation was they never told you they weren't dimmable right. until you went home and found out they weren't. That, that, was, my, that was my finding. Uh, clearly, as a quality engineer, I found that one real fast. Uh, Ethan, we need to take another short break for radio station identification. If you'll stay with me, we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com 
Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. C-Trans utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security. Item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on C-Trans for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets, challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is How Good Are LED Lights? My guest, Ethan, and I have been talking about the LED light bulb. And in recent years, there's been a a movement away from the incandescent towards the LED bulbs. We had a short stop in the middle there for the CFLs, but uh, LEDs do appear to be the uh, the one that's winning the the uh, future here. Uh, 
We've been talking about LEDs and uh, the LED light bulb and its value, the standards that go with it. And before we get started back in, Ethan, I want to take just a minute and recognize our sponsors, our platinum sponsors, BQPM, uh, Business and Quality Process Management at BQPM.com, Secure Components at SecureComponents.com, our bronze sponsors, C-Trends, a supply chain specialist at ctrends.com, Concord Components, another in, uh, independent uh, distributor of components and, and materials at concordcomponents.com, and our wonderful friends down in Australia. In fact, I'm going to be visiting them here in uh, just a few weeks. The uh, 21st, 2nd, and 3rd of July is the Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference. There, the Aging Aircraft uh, Group and I will be talking about anti-counterfeiting or counterf avoiding counterfeits and the hazardous substance safe uh, coalitions that we're starting. Uh, we're going to actually launch those programs down in Australia with, um, as it turns out, uh, the, the group that's come together to work on those two specific things, counterfeit avoidance or avoiding counterfeits, and hazardous substance safe, which is taking the harmful materials out of consumer products. Uh, the coalition is currently made up of Taiwan, the country of Taiwan, the country of China, Australia, and we're in discussions with Spain, Italy, and Brazil at this time. So we're, we're moving forward on that coalition and really coming together with a, a methodology for getting industry behind a avoid counterfeits and hazardous substance safe product movement. We'll talk more about that over uh, time here, but I want to get back with Ethan uh, before we run out of time today. Ethan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Stan. Um, try and pick up a little bit from where we left off. Uh, time flies on this show, as you well know, from now your second uh, visit with us here. Mm -hmm. um, LEDs, LED bulbs, we've talked about the, the, uh, the value proposition, a little bit of it. Uh, we've talked about the, the higher cost coming down. We've talked about lumens. We've talked about foot candles. Uh, a lot of different things. My uh, perhaps uh, wrong way of bringing products into my home. <laughs> uh, let, let's take a minute and talk about how long they really last. Are, they, are we talking about something that's... You know, I, and you and I talked about this once before. There's a light bulb that burned for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I think we agreed that it might have gone out finally. But yeah, uh, go ahead. I think it was called the century bulb, and I think there's a, a nice Wikipedia write-up on it. But yes, yeah. it's, it's an anomaly by all counts, certainly. Yes. So with that in mind, do we, do we expect anomalies of that nature with LEDs, or do they have a shorter lifespan? Well, um, no, one of the, besides their energy-saving benefits, one of the benefits to LEDs is their long life. Uh, companies, they, incandescent bulbs, they literally burned out. The, the filament got so hot, it just, part of it evaporated and it opened up. And if you look at a burned-out light bulb, you can see either blackening inside or a gap in the filament. LEDs don't really have that same sort of wear-out mechanism. They are a semiconductor component, kind of like, like you said, your computer, your cell phone, and all those electronic things. 
And as they wear out, they actually uh, fade uh, slightly. The generally accepted definition of when a product, an LED product, has reached its end of life is when it's only putting out 70% of its original life, of its original light. Technically called the L70 point, but it's really when it's degraded to 70%, then it's considered not usable anymore. But of course, if you keep running it, it will continue to degrade slowly. Now, when, again, going back to standards, standards have defined that L70 point as kind of that milestone, and they've defined how you measure how you get to that point and how long it should take to get to that point and under what conditions and so on. And what, can, what manufacturers put on their package is the number of hours they statistically expect the typical bulb to last till it gets that L70 point. Now, many LED products out there today are advertised anywhere between 25,000 and 50,000 hours to reach that point. For comparison, your typical incandescent bulb is going to get you one to 2,000 hours. So, again, a huge, huge increase in the expected lifetime of the lamp. Now, that just to put those in terms that people may understand, and that's going to be expected to last you between 10 and 20 years of normal usage, you know, three or four hours a day, every day. So the, the joke is you buy your baby a light bulb when they're born and they take it with them to college. Hey, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe not. If I have to go in the room after they've gone, I, I might be in the dark. <laughs> well, so they are they are designed for longevity. Yeah. Now, some manufacturers are, you know, and again, something consumers should be aware of when buying bulbs is some manufacturers are using that variable, that, that lifetime number, to differentiate themselves. So they may offer a lower cost product that gets slightly less life. So, you know, a Ten dollar light bulb might cost, it might last fifty thousand hours or twenty years of use. A you know five dollar light bulb might last only fifteen thousand hours or you know eight or nine or ten years of use. So on the package it will state how many hours is expected. Once again, that's mandated by you know, product labeling requirements as well as backed by industry standards. Now, would that be the same worldwide, or is that, when you say it's mandated, is that a U.S. mandate, or is that an international mandate? That is a U.S. mandate. Um, there are similar requirements, and, some, well, similar standard. The, the test methods are valid globally. Many okay. test labs use them around the world. The labeling requirements vary widely regionally. You know, there are probably many areas where no mandated labeling is, exists whatsoever, and there are places where some, some things need to be reported and some things don't. So it's hard to make a blanket statement around the world. So mainly I'm focusing on what U.S. consumers are likely to see. Okay. So for those of us that go abroad and buy things and bring it home, we need to be even more careful about the labeling. Sure. And, and yeah. is the labeling, is the testing backed by an independent third-party lab, or is it self-reported by the manufacturer? Of course, that can have two very different results. You know, you're raising something as, as a thought here, and this is really, if you don't mind, uh, we're unfortunately rapidly reaching the end of the show, but as a last, um, as a last question... And I'm going to have to hold you to a short answer. Is the um, the LED light because it has more in it? 
Um, is it really safer than an incandescent? I think all in, yes, I would consider it to be a safer source. It runs cooler, so therefore reduces the risk of burns and fire. Um, it lasts longer, so you've got less scrap, uh, you've got less going to a landfill, and it uses less energy, therefore you know, improving the environment and all that stuff over time. So in all, yes, I would say it's a better light source. Okay, on that note, uh, quickly, um, first let me thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a guest <laughs> on the show today. And how can people learn more about LEDs and uh, perhaps uh, Lutron? Yeah, this is a, a great topic that you know, we could have easily spent hours on, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you here for even just an hour. And there's a lot more that can be learned for consumers. Uh, I would refer people to our website, lutron.com slash LEDs. has a lot of great information on there for consumers, um, especially information about needing to know about what dimmers will work with your light bulbs and what light bulbs will work with your dimmers. You know, dimmability and the dimming performance is something that consumers also have to be aware of, and we just didn't have time to get into in a lot of detail today. Well, maybe we'll make that our next show. <laughs> Ethan, thank you very much. I do appreciate your uh, taking the time to be with us today. It's my pleasure, Stan. Thank you for this opportunity. People to People, working together for your safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. If you have a question, agree, or disagree with the information you are we are sharing, uh, send me an email with your comments or questions, stan at stansalot.com. You can also find me on Twitter at uh, stansalotjr. That's stansalot with a jr at the end. Today's show is brought to you by our platinum sponsors, BQPM LLC, Business and Quality Process Management, Secure Components LLC, C-Trends Supply Chain Specialist, Concord Components, Air, uh, Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference out of, uh, down in Australia. I need to recognize the show uh, support that we get and the Voice America group that makes this all possible. Brandy Jackson is our general manager. Robert Cellino is our executive producer. Randy Jackman is production manager. And Jeffrey Gerstel is our director of host services. This show wouldn't be possible without uh, some of the excellent people that help me uh, keep it all together and work uh, at making sure we're on time and where we need to be, when we need to be there. And one of those people is Christina Clark, People to People Administration Coordinator. The other one of those people is Yulia Coach, uh, Coach Branding and People to People Production Manager. Without these people, I would be totally lost, I assure you. Thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Slot, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. 
Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 